Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. I'm your host, Walter, and tonight I am joined with John. Welcome back. How's it going? We have Hunter, who's back. Uh, I'm, I am. Hello. <laughs> and JJ. JJ's back. What it do? How's it been? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a, it's, I want to say, it off, I want to say it right off the bat. I, I love the fact I love when I get groups, different groups of people together, and this is a unique group in and of itself, and I'm just going to revel in, revel in that fact for this entire episode. But on this episode, we will be discussing anime influences and the movie from 2012, Chronicle. So if you haven't seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning, and if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show. So welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we are kind of concluding and putting a cap on our little mini anime expo- exploration. There's one more episode after this, and that'll be Avatar The Last Airbender. But as we discussed, it's more anime adjacent. So this is kind of like the last part of it. And I tried to pick a movie that was heavily inspired by anime. And so it was between this and Brightburn. Brightburn follows more comic book DC type stuff. So I decided to just let that slide off. And so uh, we're going to focus on this one. But before we get into the movie, I just wanted to say that uh, it's this has been a really unique journey. Let's start with just introductions. John, you gave us your whole anime spiel. You're kind of the I want to say you're kind of the expert of the anime portion of the podcast as of right now. But um, shifting over to JJ and Hunter here, I want to start with JJ. What is your because I know you're very much into anime Give our give our audience your overall take on anime. You can list some of your favorites and you know all that jazz. Honestly, uh, yeah, uh, I've been hiding in the shadows for the longest time because anime was never really that popular. You know what I mean? Growing up, like you kind of had Naruto, kind of like coming on some certain channels at like certain times but that's as much as anime you were getting back then in the day like it wasn't being as pushed as it is today and i'm kind of excited you know that it's coming into like the light low-key just because of how i enjoy it like you know it's more than a cartoon they just they capture emotions in a way cartoons can't like you know what i mean like like the scenes and you know i don't like just like fighting animes fighting animes are cool and everything like that but some of the serious animes and like kind of like thinking animes kind of one of the ones that kind of got me into it is like death note like tokyo ghoul and stuff like that kind of like some hard like kind of like dark darker i guess kind of say animes and just i don't know it's such a like broad spectrum but i wish more people would get into it and not just steer away from it because it's like a cartoon or anything like that like there's all like there's so much of anime that you'll find something for you and that's the only message i kind of want to get out like there's something for everybody and it's a, a new genre that a lot of people are sleeping on and i'm excited to talk about it um top animes out there i guess like I said, one that's kind of started me getting off was, you know, Death Note. Um, definitely, like, Attack on Titan. Excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Jujutsu Kaisen is coming up in the ranks. I definitely like that. Tried and True. I like Naruto. Don't like Barto. 
Bartow is just too slow for me right now. But um, I guess two other ones, Hunter x Hunter and uh, damn, Dragon Ball Z for, for one of the goats. I like One Piece too, but it's just too long. I'm still trying to catch up. All right, that's it. I just had to laugh. Hunter, you have an anime. That was a lot. You. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, um, I gotta say, I I don't agree with all this weeb shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, I. I, I started back in junior high um, when my girlfriend at the time, and I'm not kidding, this is the first anime I ever watched, was uh, Oron High School Host Club. <laughs> I've heard of that, and I want. Oh yeah. my god! And it's I I tried I tried to like watch the first episode recently, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, no, I'm a very different person than I was. I can't do this. Um, <laughs> but I will I will say I'm very picky with my anime. Um, Mostly because I just don't watch it very often. I I don't usually enjoy it, but like you said, um, there's something for everyone. I I think my all-time favorite is probably Trigun, which is an old-school anime, like fucking old school. And uh, let's see, a, a newer one. I, I'm I'm obsessed with like cyberpunk genre in general. Um, I fucking love it, and so if you guys have ever seen um, Psycho Pass, Psycho Pass is great. I really mm. like it. Super dark. It's a, like a crime thriller set in like a cyberpunk universe, and it's uh, it's. I mean, it sets the tone in the first episode, and you're like, oh, okay, so this is real intense shit. Um, and maybe. Say it, say Wait, what it. was that? I said, yeah, no, Psychopath is mad intense. Yeah, yeah, it gets real, <laughs> real quick. It hits you hard at the very, the very first episode. Um, let's see, and, and then of course the Cyberpunk Edge Runners that came out uh, was the last year. Um, that was that was fantastic. I thought that was beautiful. Um, and then I'm trying to think of like one other one that I oh like Samurai Champloo and uh, Cowboy Bebop, those two are pretty good. I I stumbled on Samurai Champloo out of nowhere, and I was like, this looks kind of neat. And then I was I binged the whole fucking thing in like one night. <laughs> this looks neat. 4 a.m. Oh Did my you watch god! <laughs> right? Did you watch the live action version? I, I didn't know, know if it's. I was say I wanted to know if it was good or not. Like I just didn't want to bring myself because like after they did the note, I just was scarred. I said, nah, "I'm good." <laughs> I said, That's "I don't fair. need any more live actions, bro." They they just they just need to stop. That's <laughs> <what's> <laughs> you, bro. Have you seen the OG live action Dragon Ball Z? Oh, bro, yeah. Because. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking. Uh, we're like DBE. We're like any of the mortal the Mortal Kombat's. Like the Mortal Kombat's were like hard to watch, except for the new one. The new one's pretty cool, but see, that's where bro. I disagree. That new one pissed me off. What? I don't know, the older ones made me laugh, bro. I yeah, like you know what I mean. I was dying <laughs> laughing when like the the CG, like the the special effects that they tried in the old ones, just had me dead, bro. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I heard about 
Oh, sorry. Go go for it, Walter. I was going to say, the old ones, I do see the appeal. And that first one, to me, is pretty watchable. The second one, you kind of clock out after the first, like, ten minutes. But uh, that, yeah, that new one, me and Sheldon have talked about. I don't think we've done it on air, but... I just, you have a movie called Mortal Kombat and there's no Mortal Kombat and I, that pissed me off. <laughs> I get that. I get that. They didn't have the tournament and I was upset about that too. I was like, where's the, but that sets them up for the tournament. You know what I mean? They're probably going to make another movie. Yeah. But like, you, that's literally like 10 minutes of the first, of a first movie. <laughs> like you don't have to make that the entire movie. Like, you know, the, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do the rounds. That's the it's going to be act. like, they took, they basically <laughs> took the plot of, the first G.I. Joe movie and then cut it in half and yep. then said, well, we're just going to take the end and just save it for later. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead, Hunter. What were you going to say? Oh, um, I, I was going to end off my my anime thing and then also say that, like, from what Shelton and I have talked about, I haven't seen the new Mortal Kombat movie, but from what I've seen on, like, reviews and everything... Is that uh, if you're a hardcore Mortal Mortal Kombat fan and like you've played the games, you won't like it very much. But if you're someone that's like just plays it casually or just doesn't know much about Mortal Kombat, you'll like it because it's just a fun movie. I've heard overall, I guess. I I don't know. That's just the general of what I've heard. Again, I haven't seen it, so I've I've <laughs> no I've no the horse in this race, man. I I, I have no fucking clue. But uh, with the whole anime thing. Like I said, I, I dislike the majority of anime, but there's always something out there for everybody. There's someone's niche, and I know a couple of them that I named are pretty pretty popular, so it's not like I'm naming anything that's like, you know, an underground anime, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Right on, right on, yeah. Just like, again, <laughs> I have to say it, but going on to Mortal Kombat really quickly, um... You're right, you're right. If you're a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan, like, I know Shelton is very much into the lore. He was very mad about that, in my opinion. They actually adapted the, the lore pretty well. My, like, <laughs> I don't want to say, like, I was, overall, it's an okay movie. Like, there's some great action scenes. I think the first, like, what, 10 to 15 minutes is pretty good when you have the whole setup with uh, Scorpio and, and Sub-Zero. And I do like the way they adapted my my favorite character, uh, with, with the guy with the sharp hat, Kung Lao, yeah. not Kung Lao. That's uh, Iron yeah, Christ. Kung Lao. No, that's Kung Lao. Kung Lao. Okay, that's what I say. Yeah, 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 you. Were... All right, yeah, that's my that's my dude. Um, I wish he was in it more, but that that's my guy. I do like that, but as for me, it was just the fact that they t- <laughs> they they basically took like the cutscenes you would see in like round like the in story mode. You got like the first like what four parts. You they took those cutscenes and then stretch it out for two hours, and that was like ah. yeah, basically like it was just mainly like Scorpion and Sub Zero fighting. The it's whole everyone movie. beating each other, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like well, there's no tournament. Like, there was no Johnny, like, Cage to, like, tie it together where, like, he just had to overcome some, like, like this whole new world. You know what I mean? Like, Johnny Cage was a human, yeah. and he's supposed to, like, get adapted to this Mortal Kombat world, and we didn't see none of that. No, they were just like, hey, right. everyone, we're all together now. We're going to train. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> Someone kidnapped We're going to fight. Daughter. Yeah, we got to fight now. <laughs> okay, but getting back on topic here, I do love everything you guys have said because it is true i do love the fact that you brought up that uh jj 
I love the fact that you brought up that anime does have a stigmatization to it. We've pretty much celebrated it here. Um, but, you know, growing up, no one wanted to be the Naruto kid. No one wanted to be that black kid, <laughs> per se, with the hairstyle and the running and the weird speech impediment. But uh, I think that has largely gone away. Like I said, when I was given my whole like anime story or, or last time, um, for me, I feel like anime got a huge boost and comeback around 2015, 2016. Around the time we graduated, I saw my brother and his friends, basically like lower classmen for us, was starting to really celebrate. Or that's where I began to see it, started to celebrate the newer types of anime coming out. And they really started, uh, in my opinion, they kind of just rebooted the whole uh, shonen definition where it became cool. You did have Hunter x Hunter, Fairy Tale. I guess Boruto may have started around this time. I don't know shit about Boruto, so I watched a YouTube video a, while, a couple of days ago explaining like the first couple of arcs, and I'm like, I kind of want to watch this, but again, with Naruto, with me, given the fact that I can never get past the tuning exams, I would be very confused on who's who and what's what and what the relationship is, but it looks pretty good to me, so I'm kind of disappointed that you found it kind of boring. <laughs> No, you would be so upset. Like, if you can't get past the tuning exams, like, <laughs> Barato is straight 100, like, the first 150 episodes are, like, the tuning exams. Straight filler, like, you're not gonna, you're not even gonna see, like, big fights until, like, after 150 episodes. Like, like you're not gonna, like, especially, like, it's it's because he's wanting it to be his story, not Naruto's story. Yeah. And I feel like everybody wanted to know what happened after, you know, the war in Naruto. Like, you know what I mean? And we just get him with kids and we're just like, bro, I wanted to see you fight more. You're over here like peace, love and happiness. And we're we're wanting some villain to destroy the village. I get it. I get it. So I'm, I'm probably looking into it a lot more. Um, Attack on Titan. I'm still trekking through the first season. It's. It's still not really holding my interest, but things are getting better slowly. I mean, there there are lots more fights happening. Uh, I know you said you didn't necessarily like fighting anime. I love fighting anime. That's like my bread and butter. Again, Dragon Ball raised. I guess Naruto kind of fits in there as well. Or really does. I think yeah. Naruto's probably the king of fights if you're not counting Dragon. Well, Dragon Ball, know, it go. took them like five episodes to get through a fight. Naruto if you, if you, pretty If you like fight. fights, go watch Baki. Baki, yeah, I've oh, heard of oh, another one. I've also heard of. No, that's so, that's gory. <laughs> so have you? Okay, so I, I mentioned Cyberpunk Edge Runners. If you guys haven't seen it, seriously watch it. Honestly, yeah, no, it's, it's like lit. it is like what eight eight episodes of like all yeah. killer, no filler. It is Ooh. fucking amazing. It's on site. It's on site, dude. Honestly, I put it at the same level as Invincible. For me, oh, I, put yeah. it I, get, I, I like that. I like that comparison. I like that comparison because Invincible so is like I've never seen like as like a cartoon or animation like get so real with like your powers. You know what I mean? Like to really realize that like the different level that like somebody that's inhuman what they what they're really capable of you know what i mean oh yeah and yeah. and all of their all of their uh quote-unquote like powers are in universe powers and they're yeah. all explained through like augmentations and cybernetic limbs and all that stuff yeah. so it's like it has a real 
I guess, uh, feel to it of like, it's not like some magical kind of stuff or anything. Yeah, it's not like it just wasn't given to him. It was explained. Yeah, which is oh my god, I I can't gush about that that show enough, man. It's so good. Yeah, I do want to cut in and say whenever like that's that's a show I've heard a lot about. I it's on my list. Uh, I know Sheldon really wants me to get to it, so I'm glad that everyone is enjoying it or has enjoyed it. But uh, whenever I hear Edge Runners, I'm just thinking, uh, are they literally running on the edge? But then I <laughs> get a get a flash in my mind of. Know how Yu-Gi-Oh kind of kept going with its different series, and so one of the I think the third series was that it's Yu-Gi-Oh in the future, and they drive motorcycles while playing the card game. Like that's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I remember the, that. Shit. And so they drive in a circle on a like a. Want to be like Tron? <laughs> yeah. But, like Fuck it. cyberpunk edge runners, and I think of Yu-Gi-Oh. What was the name of it? Five D. I don't. They had different names for all of them. But um, yeah, I just think I just imagine like motorcycle people just playing cards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my interjection. But uh, like I said, it sounds really great. Uh, I do like the fact that you guys touched on the whole stigmatization of anime. But yeah, things have grown. Fighting anime is great. You know, my hero to me is top of that list there. Uh, aside from Dragon Ball and Naruto. But um, I do want to shift. The- you caught up on my hero, man. Yes. That's this okay. past season had me crying every episode, dude. I know, I know. Listen, that's we can talk about something else, but my hero's last last season was crazy. And this next season is gonna go ham when this when they got this new character coming in from America. Man. Yep. But um, yes, I do want to shift the convo to more anime influences. We brought them up throughout the episodes here. You know, Corey mentioned uh, past host. Corey mentioned Requiem for a Dream, and that had a lot to do with Perfect Blue. John, I don't know about you, but I Perfect Blue kind of kept has been stated in my mind. <laughs> I've had dreams, very bizarre yeah. dreams of that movie. <laughs> you can't you can't go to sleep watching Perfect Blue. I'll give you that. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. No, I just said, dude, it's messed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just like I'll be driving and at night from like Smyrna and you know there's street lights and I'm like there's that bitch hopping on the street lights again and I is someone about to die <laughs> like one time that's all it takes <laughs> but uh so yeah I want to see if you guys I know I'm springing this on you but I want to see how quick you think but what are some anime influences that you can think of or that pop into your mind when it comes to like pop culture or anything like something that you recognize or have seen or have a connection to maybe and it's you know said to yourself that is directly connected or directly influenced by some kind of anime uh john do you want to go first oh no um (laughs) i don't know why you put me on the spot like that yeah i was very on the spot yeah normally i would send like notes out but i purpose i purposely was like well let me just see how quick they'll think (laughs) uh I mean, the first thing that's coming to mind right now is that Bro Everything is a JoJo reference. Um, <laughs> You're right. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind right now is there's tons of movies that make Akira references all the time. There's Akira references in, like, Rick and Morty. There's Akira references in Adventure Time. This movie itself was largely an Akira reference. The screenwriter himself said so. Um, yes. I don't know. It's very prevalent everywhere. You mean Kira, like meaning like, like those demons that like be following you? No, sir. The uh, movie Akira, A K I R A. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just making sure. Like, I, I was thought, like, you know, those things that, like, the demons, they kind of follow you. What are those? Are those, wait, are, the, are you talking about, no, that's an actual animal. I was thinking echidna, but that's knuckles, right? Knuckles and echidna. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, it's, it's, like, mentioned in, like, Death Note, but it's a name, like, in, like, oh, a, I guess, Shinigami? like, Shinigamis, yeah, those, oh, yeah. yeah, that's Death why I say Kira, because, like, Kira is, like, a, yeah, it's the name they try to, like, put on it, yeah. but, mm-hmm. Shinigamis. Side side note, and this, I may cut this out, but side note, I know JJ, you have like the sickest outfit. It's a very like, if you've seen his pictures, he has like a, a Death Note outfit. And I really want it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really yeah, no, honestly, those pants are the best thing I've ever bought. Like, low key. Like, the sickest pants, and they're all like Death Note themed. And I'm like, I can't wait. To it's, use- it's the best because they're never going to shrink on me because I hate pants that shrink on me, bro. And then, like, <laughs> They're kind of like baggy, but like I barely have to wash them just because if I wash them, they're going to get more fucked up. But like it's yeah, honestly, it was a, it was a really great purchase. I'm glad that like the clothing brands are actually, you know, transferring over to anime kind of theme clothing. Kind of make kind of making my, my wardrobe better. <laughs> yes. Um, OK. Anything else you wanted to add, John, there? There's nothing that I can think of off top. Uh, I definitely could have come up with a little bit more stuff, but no, I'm not, I'm not really good with this off top about this. I'm sorry. Are you good? Uh, if, you, if anything pops up as we talk, you feel free to say it. Um, but shifting over to Hunter here, what what are some anime influences you have noticed over the years, or you know, what can you point to? I know the most recent off the top of my head. Have you have you guys seen the show uh, Love, Death, and Robots on yeah. on Netflix? So I love the trailer. <laughs> I love no bro. Watch so it. Watch it. It's so good. Um I know one of the episodes in the most recent season where um this like kid and his dad are like spirit demon hunters or something, and there's these women that like turn into like white foxes or something. Mm-hmm. And I know I know that's supposed to be influenced by like I think I think Prince is Mononoke or something like that? I, yeah, I can't. I, can I can't. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be inspired by that a little bit, um, but I I know there's just a lot of episodes in general. Love, Death, and Robots is inspired by like older anime. I just can't say specifically what. Um, I mean, I'll try to think of some others, but uh, that's the only one that comes off the top of my head just because it's the most recent. Man, that was a good one, though. Yeah. And all right, what about you, JJ? I'm gonna tie this into the movies that we're watching, uh, just because it's like all over social media. And um, Loki got a boy crush on um, what's his name, Michael B. Jordan. Um, but he heavily he heavily influenced Creed three to be is like animated, like like from animated like movie like shows and movies, like he cut it like basically try to like direct help direct to make it more like like animes like with the fighting scenes and you can kind of see some of the like sequences like where like there's one like scene with dragon Ball Z where both parties like you know goku and vegeta like punch each other and then kind of like knock each other like back and it was one of the scenes that he was talking about and he has like a whole interview about it that he he was like he grew up watching anime too 
and he wanted that to be a huge factor in this movie, which was pretty cool. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. That's going to be one of my points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just because like the same actor, I was like, yeah, I literally was wa- like watching the interview not too long ago, and kind of like it made me think about it too because like how he you know him being him and he's still like an anime and like him bringing like anime to the world is pretty cool like just another person you know shedding some light on it yeah anime influences i i think just because i spend all day looking at shit i i see some most of it is not very one-to-one but there are some uh for me film and television as we said earlier they they take a lot from anime um you know avatar the last airbender is very anime inspired very eastern inspired as well um i also want to bring up looper if anyone's seen looper that takes a lot from uh akira in a way that uh time travel movie with joseph gordon levitt and bruce willis um oh yeah yep they uh, uh uh directed by ryan johnson so that it's been a minute since i've seen it but i do remember like basically the third act of the movie is taking a lot from akira which without spoiling it um we talked about requiem for a dream i also think kill bill you know quentin tarantino loves stealing stuff from people (laughs) and so there's a whole section in the first movie of him just going full anime with uh uh, uh, lucy Liu's character which is probably my favorite part of the movie aside from the the giant uh fight sword fight at the what what was the name of the the place house of a thousand like dagger something like that or flowers or leaves, but uh, it was really good. Um, also, want to bring up Cobra Kai. I think Cobra Kai has a lot of anime in it without really explicitly putting it out there. I know they're taking a lot from the movies and it's from the same kind of like country, but if you really break down Cobra Kai, I think they really zero in on the fact that, like, in anime, if you have a rival and your protagonists and antagonists or rivals, just really rivals, I guess can never get rid of a grudge they can just never not pass a grudge like they just really want to keep the the energy going and if there's if cobra kai has one thing going for it it's the fact that like no one can ever forgive anybody (laughs) no matter how like against or for each other they are they are they're gonna keep that motivation going and that's gonna push these characters and i think that kind of makes it shonen in a way, but that just kind of makes me crack up how in Cobra Kai, like every two characters have some kind of rival and it just reminds me a lot of Naruto. It reminds me a lot of Dragon Ball. It reminds me a lot of my hero Spe- specifically in Cobra Kai's context. It's very, my hero where it's like, I want to see you do better, but also you kissed my girlfriend. So I need to like fight you for a bit. <laughs> and, Oh yeah. I also recommend for Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is awesome. Um, that's the section time you I just need to. No, is late though. It is, dude, and I and I know the last season's coming up, so that's gonna break my heart. But I mean, at least I can rewatch it. Um, yeah, you can rewatch it for sure, though. Definitely, definitely. I know, like, it's, yeah. That's, those are the some that I I wanted to bring up, um, mainly because I couldn't think of any more. As I was writing these notes, but like it's everywhere, anime and its influences everywhere. I do think that like seinen, it's which is kind of what you were describing earlier, John, and how like Death Note and all these others kind of started popping up. Seinen seems to be the more uh, popular 
I mean, Shonen will Shonen will always be popular. We went over the genres uh, when we did Akira, but uh, Shonen will always be the, probably the most popular. But Seinen seems to be, or is it Seinen or Seinen? I'm pretty sure it's Seinen. Seinen seems to be the one that's kind of carrying the genre a bit more as far as like variety. You know, I'm watching Tokyo Ghoul right now. Uh, love it. Um, skip the third season. No, skip the third. Oh no! <laughs> no third season. You can skip that. Uh. <laughs> oh no! But I really enjoyed this, the. I'm in the first season still. I think I'm at the end of the first season. But it, I'm really. I know it. second season is gonna be great, and then third season, bro. I promise. <laughs> skip that whole thing, bro. Rhea is just weird. Yeah, <laughs> they just they like nerf a character, and I've never thought that they were gonna nerf a character. Oh no! I hate that. Okay, damn. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll guess I'll skip it. No, I'm gonna torture oh. myself and watch it anyway. Yeah, watch, <laughs> watch it, watch it, it, so you can just. It's not bad, but it's just. Ugh. Um, second point I want to make before we take our first break here is that me being a African American male, um, I think anime has certainly, uh, inspired the black community a lot, especially as the generations have moved forward uh you touched on this jj but creed i did notice that uh, i have not seen creed 3 but i did notice that that i see that i saw the interview and i noticed what people were talking about how he took a lot of inspiration from dragon ball and just really tried to map out and tele telegraph or telegraph photograph some iconic anime moments within that movie um i just have not watched it yet uh, so I don't have a lot to say on that, but I, I mean, I, you could tell in the first two creeds that he, whoever was behind the camera, cause I know they, Michael B. Jordan directs the third one. I think Steven Cable Jr. did the second one and then Ryan, Ryan Johnson, uh, 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 damn, what's the dude's name? <laughs> I want to say Coleman, but that's not it. Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler did the first one. And both of those have, I know Ryan Coogler had took a more video game approach to it with bringing up the stats and stuff during the fights, but you can still see some of the anime influences in there. Uh, like the first Creed feels a lot like, uh, like kind of like the first like Dragon Ball series in my eyes, where it's a lot more, there's a lot more balance of like comedy and drama. And then the second movie, they go full force with this. Just, it just the second movie was brutal. But um, and then like I said, I haven't seen the third one. Um, another again, Michael B. Jordan, but Black Panther was the one that surprised me the most. It does have a a lot of anime in it. Uh, again, we're mostly Dragon Ball, but that first Black Panther movie, it is very much the Saiyan saga <laughs> of, of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you know. It, everything about the plot, everything just reminds you of Goku and Vegeta. Literally, if you look at Michael B. Jordan's outfit, it is Vegeta's first outfit when he arrives on Earth. <laughs> like, when he set up, yeah. Just the whole like blue underneath and the kind of white, uh, tannish, uh, what breastplate guard or whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> it's it's very much the way his hair is kind of sticking up throughout the first half of that movie. It's very much like you know I I know he has dreads, but it's supposed to be the same style as Vegeta and. I, I do like that detail. And then if you saw Black Panther Wakanda Forever, it is it does the same thing. It it takes uh it takes a lot from the Cell saga and uh you know slight spoilers if you haven't seen it, but Shuri does take over and she kind of goes through a sim similar character arc that Gohan has gone through many different times now because they don't really know what to do with that character, but just not wanting to fight and then having to fight 
with emotions and then having to manage those emotions and then just letting loose. Um, and then finding this whole hidden power, blah, 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 blah. But Namor or Namor feels a lot like Cell and the androids in that movie, which is there's a lot of visual cues. There's a lot of green and purple going on, which is the colors of Cell. And the fight scene, the very, the fight scene at the end is very much, you know, plus the explosion is kind of Gohan's last stand against Cell during the Cell games, just with a lot more claws. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anime is everywhere. It's I do think it has impacted the black community a lot, which uh, you know fucked up that of the year. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Gave a sensu man to your natural enemy, bro. <laughs> That's fucked up. I know you believe in me, Dad, but jeez, <laughs> he's got it. He's got it. Let him get up. Let him get up. <laughs> Let him get up. Let him get up. But yeah, um. I'm trying to think what my I was gonna ask a question if you guys had you guys felt about anime within the black community. If you have any thoughts, you can go ahead. Uh, just you know, not everyone on the panel is black, but I feel like should, people should have a say. Is is Boondocks an anime? <laughs> is it? Is that considered an anime? I consider it an anime. The fight scenes are very verbatim. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So that is that is a direct influence. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was like, if if that's on the block, then I think I think we're pretty good. I feel like last thing I'm gonna say is the only thing I wanted from anime is they should make a spades type of anime and make it like Yu-Gi-Oh type of deal, kind of spiel like. Like, it'd be that intense, but it's just spades. Yeah, they had to have every black person watching. <laughs> yeah, like, there'd be special moves and everything. Literally smacking people with, like, four diamonds. <laughs> yeah, like, like now nah, what? I got the two diamonds, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your fucking clovers. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's ask our our white host here. Hunter, any thoughts on anime within the black community? <laughs> Uh, if you feel so comfortable, being a white man, <laughs> no, I don't think I have anything to say. All right, what about you, John? First off, I had to mute myself when you started talking about a spades anime. Told me you got me geeks. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm gonna follow that up with I don't have anything that specific, but what I will say is. I think that it's interesting that Dragon Ball Z specifically and in more recent years, Naruto and some of those other anime have been far more um, wide-reaching to uh, other audiences in other countries. I mean, first off, it started in Japan, so we are an external country to this material. But, um, I mean, anytime I've been to other countries, especially when we talk about Middle and South America, there's Goku and Naruto shit literally everywhere. Like, everywhere. Oh, wow. More than Superman, more than Batman. Like, it's literally constant. I cannot explain how many Dragon Ball Z commercials I've seen in Spanish. Like, dude, it is ubiquitous. You know what I mean? So, no, I think that anime, um, when it comes to superheroes, especially in the more recent years, has had a much larger influence on the world at large. Oh, that is a very interesting... I fuck with that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I need to go to where you went. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think that wraps up everything. 
Uh, unless anyone wants to bring up anything else. Uh, I'm glad I got to talk about boondocks. <laughs> we need to get boondocks this own episode because Jesus Christ. Uh, that is, okay. I would count that as an anime. If Avatar The Last Airbender can be counted as an anime, then boondock can definitely be. Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, That's what I'm saying. Anime really just means like the animated material. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. 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 All right. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo is an anime. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I would love a Scooby Doo anime where they just go All around right. and instead of like solving them, like they would solve the mystery, but then at the very at the end of every episode, they just have to fight the guy. <laughs> have you guys watched the SpongeBob anime? No, there's a SpongeBob. No, I will not. I honestly, I'm upset about all the new SpongeBob that's coming out. Like, nah, I don't nah. like the new animation. I agree with what you are saying. What I am referring to is nothing like what you were talking about. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> I will not be a part of. <laughs> but there's an actual like anime, like like a like a good one. Just it's in the chat. Yeah, was like, send it to the chat because JJ was about to bust out Mr. Krabs like smallest violin for a sec. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, bro, I'm hurt. My, my heart. <laughs> Like SpongeBob was going so good for me, and then they went left. Yeah, they they went more. They've gone more preschool as the years have gone on since I last watched SpongeBob, and it's just kind of gross now. But um, we're gonna leave it there. We're gonna go ahead and take our first break. We'll be back with Chronicle. <laughs> You're probably gonna want to get this on camera. I don't want to do it. Dude, I don't want to do it. Okay, are you ready? Okay, Come on, do it. Give me a countdown. I will, okay. I promise. Ah! <laughs> are we rolling? I'm gonna get the gum. Pull it right out of his mouth. <laughs> wait, 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 why are we running? I got this one. Sweet, sweet. She's <laughs> <laughs> just looking at it. This is my theory, though, is that it's like a muscle. Watch this. Dude! Holy crap! That's why I think we're getting stronger, you know? She thinks it's so much. No yes, it was the black guy this time. Because <laughs> we're working it out. There's nothing stopping us. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> Was it an accident, Andrew? Andrew? I'm worried about Andrew. Listen to me. We can't screw Wait, around with this. It's too this dangerous. Andrew, it's not a game. Stop this right now! Who's making the headset? What is that? Alright, dude, we're going inside. Steve, wait up! Matt, look at this! Holy. Alright, guys, we're back. We're going to talk about Chronicle. Um, first, let me give some movie facts on it. I promise none of this is in Japanese, so I won't butcher any names. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chronicle was released February 3rd, 2012, directed by Josh Trank. 
Screenplay by Max Landis. Story by Josh Trank and Max Landis. Film stars Dane DeHaan, Alex Russell, Michael B. Jordan, Michael Kelly, and Ashley Hinshaw. And the plot goes as such. Andrew is a socially awkward introvert teen whose main form of escape and expression is a video camera. But things begin to change when Andrew, his cousin Matt, and a popular classmate Steve discover a mysterious substance that leaves them with incredible powers. As their abilities become more powerful, the teens' lives spin out of control when their darker sides begin to emerge. Andrew's camera captures the unfolding events. The budget for the film was $15 million, and the box office was $126.6 million. Uh, there's a lot of bonus stuff that I did not add here, but... Basically, uh, Chronicle was a hit uh, critically, and so obviously that was going to lead to a lot of stuff happening that some did happen and some did not. First off, there was going to be a sequel immediately, but Josh Trank did not want that to happen. Neither did Max Landis. Max Landis had his own little trilogy planned out, which uh, I might get into as we talk about it, but basically he, he did have a pre- opposing idea of how the series would go josh trank though was not as interested or keen and tried his best to make sure he stalled the sequel process as much as he could which i don't even know what that even means but um first of all do you guys recognize these names josh trank and max landis no no <laughs> all right I don't think so. let me refresh your memory starting with Let's start with the easy one. Max Landis. Max Landis is a popular screenwriter. I actually think his writing is very fascinating. But number one, he is kind of a Nepo baby because he is the son of John Landis. And if you know who John Landis is, he's mostly he was a, a, a film screenwriter and uh, producer, director. He's mostly famous for the movie uh, American Werewolf in London. If that if that rings any bells for you guys. I don't know if anyone has seen that. I love that movie. It's great. It's basically like the modern quintessential werewolf movie that isn't by Stephen King. <laughs> but um, I want to say he also did Thriller. But uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, Max Landis is comes from a famous dad. Uh, big thing with Max Landis, though, is that uh, kind of a controversial figure. Aside from, um, you know, the typical Hollywood... Um, allegations against him from various women of being very abusive verbally and physically and uh i guess sexually i want to say he has those allegations against him as well but um he's also just known to be not a nice dude like if you can go and watch interviews of this guy you can tell he's kind of like vapid and kind of mean and but he's really he's one of those dudes that really does just kind of say whatever comes to his head and he's very unapologetic about it but he also, like I said, the guy's writing is very fascinating, as we will get into with Chronicle. Shifting over to this other unlikable person, <laughs> Josh Trank. Uh, if you don't know this name, because he's, I think he's only ever done two movies, or aside from this, two other movies, um, one of which did not get released for a while. The other one did get released to very, very, oh man, I don't even, we, we have covered this movie. We reviewed it a while ago, me, Shelton, Solo. He did Fantastic Four, the the recent one from 2015, and uh, it was not a fun time for him. Uh, he had I I just I went through that whole entire story in that episode. So if you want to hear it, go listen to our episode on Fantastic Four. 
guy is known to he's been kind of blacklisted he's known to not be a good guy to work with he did literally almost fist fight his cast members but he likes michael b jordan so i guess he's the only one that really survived out of it um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you guys remember uh fantastic four <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i understand if you didn't but i i like the movie to a point is what i'm saying yeah, I didn't. I wasn't mad at the cast. Like honestly, the cast, other than like the main like Elastic Stretch, he was he was pushing it. Miles and then I didn't. Yeah, I don't like because like I like him as an actor. I just didn't like him as. I liked how I liked who they had in like the Marvel movie, uh, the dude from the Office. Oh, uh, talk about the. I really like. Yeah, I liked him as that guy. He needed like we needed an older him. I didn't like a young version of him. But and also didn't like how they did the Doctor Doom villain. Oh yeah, the trash can man is what they were calling. Yeah, him. yeah, like that was that was the major problem of that movie was the villain for me. Oh yeah, there's a just, ton. There's tons of problems with that movie. <laughs> yeah, but like other than that, like it wasn't like I said. I kind of enjoyed it because like I liked the the people and see how they acted, but like. Other than that, like I just didn't like the villain. Yeah, man. So but I liked Michael. Yeah, like I said, Michael B. Jordan's really the only one out of that entire. Out of both of these franchises was able to really secure anything. Uh, like I said, Josh Trang did not want Chronicle Two to happen. There's a whole story behind it, but Chronicle Two has been greenlit. Um, I want to say back in 2020 or 2021 they announced that they were going to make a sequel. It was going to be a female led sequel about finding out what that thing was that they found underneath while something else was happening. Similar to the first movie. Not a lot of plot details are out it. We don't know if they're still making it, but um, it has been announced. It just could also not be happening anymore. It's been three years, but who knows? We could pop up one day and see a trailer because, you know, back in 2012, you could just drop a trailer and, People would be like, all right, that looks interesting. And then by the time the movie comes out, it becomes this big revelation. Uh, kind of how this movie did. This movie was a huge surprise. So my first question is, do you remember when this movie came out in 2012? I think when it came out, my buddy Ethan and I went and saw it in theaters. What about and initially, we, uh, we liked it. Nice. What about you, John? Did, do you remember when this movie came out? We were, I was going to say, we, we, we were close enough around this time, but I think you were gone by this point. 2012 yeah eighth grade i believe that was when i yeah I, I changed schools in eighth grade so i didn't watch it then uh this was actually my first time watching it and i remember my mom watching it back then and i remember her and my grandma talking about it but i did not watch it they definitely gave me the synopsis back in the day though all righty what about you jj do you remember when chronicle came out i do honestly um it was it was a good time like i guess for like movies like, you know what I mean? That year was kind of slept on. Some co- couple good movies came out that year. Slept Honestly. On. Well, no, I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like completely slept on, but like, you know what I mean? Like nobody like looks over a year, like overall in movies sometimes. And oh, well, honestly, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing like, cause like, you know what I mean? Like when that year came out, like, you know what I mean? Like all the stuff that dropped is pretty crazy. And honestly, Chronicle, I feel like, definitely got underrated that year oh definitely because 2012 was packed full of shit like that 2012 was literally like 
that was the year the world was supposed to end, but the world yeah. changed. Like they, they, it just shifted. Yeah, everything like in man. Okay, what was twenty twenty twelve was Avengers. Twenty twelve was the first Amazing Spider Man. Uh, Prometheus came out that same year. Skyfall came out that same year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Chronicle kind of got buried underneath a whole. It got lot of swept. Stuff. It got swept under the like rug. Yeah, just like, because. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. Maybe it was because the documentary kind of like themed of it, like that maybe was the gist of it. But overall, like oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Like as the movie itself, I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't know how to make it better. You know. Right. I want to say what Paranormal Activity three, three or four came out this year. Yeah, yeah Paranormal Activity yeah. four came out this year, uh, which was insane to talk about. But yeah, found footage movies. This is our. This is not our first found footage. I mean, technically it is because it's found footage. Uh, me and Javon Sheldon's brother did a, an episode a while ago on Spree. If you haven't seen Spree, I highly recommend it. But we did that. That kind of sort of counts as a found footage movie. It was mostly a screen time type of thing going on there. But this is kind of our first found footage movie on the podcast, and there's a reason why because I really like this movie <laughs> but man oh man oh man oh man oh man there's yeah 2012 was huge okay so let's dive into the movie here start off with every episode or start off with every discussion with just overall thoughts on the movie let's lay all of our thoughts out there before we go through it i want to start with john here john what is your overall thoughts since you this is your first time watching chronicle what's your overall thoughts um i think story-wise i enjoyed it i don't think that it was anything like crazy or exceptional like story-wise but it was well told and it was pretty straightforward i think the cinematography was really good which is something that really drew me in on the movie um i'm generally not one for found footage movies but i think that they did this one pretty well actually um like i say it mirrors akira's storyline a lot uh it just felt oh one thing i will sorry one thing i will add though is um the character writing i do think they did a lot better in um making the teenagers sound like teenagers you know what i mean than most movies of this genre tend to do they interacted the way that i recall interacting you know what i mean yeah. so yeah I, th I think it was pretty good all right all right uh shifting over to hunter here overall thoughts on watching this movie i i really like it overall i mean i'm glad i uh glad i got to go back and watch it again even if i wasn't gonna like it but it's uh I think it's a good, almost like retrospective, of like what's going on now, with a lot of like the alpha male culture kind of shit, mm. and then um, a lot of the, you know, these kids nowadays, you know, getting bullied and shit, and then one day you just kind of blow up somehow, and you get like one little spotlight of fame, and then all of a sudden you're doing like podcasts and shit. It's kind of it's kind of like uh, what's going on now is what happened in the movie, essentially, where you get tossed around and picked on and everything. And once you get that tiny little bit of power, you just go fucking nuts with it. You see it a lot online nowadays, but I'm kind of giving a comparison. And I think it was ahead of its time in that way because it really showed that uh, that abusive culture that he constantly went through, which really sucked. And when you feel bad for him, like you really do at first, and then, then like uh, the main guy Andrew, right? Um, 
But yeah, the, the main guy, Andrew, I mean, you get to see his whole home life and all that. And the one thing that he wants to do is just kind of record himself, and he gets pretty cool for just that, even though that's his stress relief. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a wild movie. I didn't expect to like it, you know, like, because I don't remember it much. I really, I really dig it. I think it's a good movie. All right. And JJ, on to you. Overall thoughts on Chronicle. Um, I do want to piggyback about how he was saying how they showed his life. That was one of the main things that kind of drew me in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of gave you all kind of aspects of, like, how a regular people would deal with, like, superpowers. And that's kind of, like, what I liked about it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, like right off the back, they they were great and they knew what they were doing. It was kind of like Loki, like Sh- Shazam, as much as as crazy as it sounds, but like them kind of like strengthening, like kind of like upgrade themselves to the point where they can do better and do more. But then like life got in the way, and overall though, it's just really good movie, really good. I didn't think I was going to like the document the documentary kind of style, but it, it played a good part in being a almost an, like a character in the movie, if that makes sense. Like his personality, it was basically like taking the persona of his personality. Like he was saying like, that's all he wanted to do was record himself. And like you said, he couldn't. And people thought he was weird and different. Like, why are you doing hating on me for something I love? But overall, great, definitely underrated movie. All right, all right. I yeah, I loved all of your responses here because I felt the exact same way when I first saw the movie. Now, maybe, well, maybe a hundred. You kind of you were saying you kind of predict the future. Didn't see that coming at all. But I connected it back to other several different other things. So what I'll say is that I do remember when the movie came out. I remember when the tra- the trailer dropped. It was heavy into like when I was first getting into like movie news, um, really much like seventh grade-ish, uh, going into eighth grade. And I think I remember the tra- the teaser trailer was just like it was the scene of Andrew with the spider. And then it, you just had that scene and then it the pop up chronicle. Then it did like flash cuts of like different things throughout the movie, like the ending. And then an official trailer came out and that kind of was it was still very vague, but it was kind of like, oh, what's going on? So I was very much I was very much like I need to see this movie. And so yeah, when it came out, I dragged uh my brother and I think some of our cousins and we went to the movies to see the movie and and I was instantly obsessed with it. Like I was obsessed with this movie for like the longest time because I was like I feel like this movie understands me. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with me, but like I was like this is this is how everything should and would go. I, I don't know. I really related a lot to Andrew, which probably says a lot, but I thought like whatever was going on at the time, I don't remember much or maybe I'm blocking it out psychologically, but like I were, I remember being like, 
really loving this movie because I really related to Andrew. It was like, if anything like this were to ever happen, this is exactly, aside from dying, you know, I don't want a, a giant pole through my chest, but <laughs> but it's exactly how I would probably respond with getting superpowers. And that's how, it was through this movie where I discovered like Carrie and then realized that, okay, I just have a power fantasy um, kind of brewing in my mind there. But I, did, I still kind of hold to that, but it's, uh, Carrie also is one of the, the things we will talk about later this season of the podcast. Um, but that's another uh, character and story that I absolutely love just because, number one, telekinesis is the best superpower ever, right? Like, did we ever discuss that in, in Akira? Whoa, 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 there. It's got to be. There's we nothing... all seen the we all seen the movie Jumper, and we know we want to oh, do that. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> you know, you know, you know. If I, if you had telekinesis and I had teleportation, you're. I promise you, you're not going to touch me. I don't, I wouldn't have to. I would just hold you into place with my mind. You're not going to be able to. <laughs> you wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, honestly, bro. Like full telekinesis before you even try to teleport, he could just like crunch your larynx. But like you have to, you have to have a thought. If you have that, if I, my, I mean, you my have thought to have process, a thought to teleport. Exactly. What you gonna teleport with me if you got a hold of like it? Okay. So say this: if I teleport <laughs> so, so while you, you got me, if if you teleport, if I teleport while you got me in telekinesis, are you coming with me or like what? How does that work? Oh, I mean, like, all he has to do is like literally for not even half of a second, put the pressure to crush your larynx, and no matter where you go, you're gonna choke on your own blood and die, bro. That's true. Yeah, one. Oh no! Yeah. So, you, you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a pretty swifty <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> and you, you, have think, you, have, you have to think about that before you do it. Oh, and I see I, what you I mean, can, though. I see what you like, mean, though. If I can like poof somewhere before you do that, you're never gonna find me after that. You would have, you would have to constantly be moving, but even that would be a downside because then that would give me like. The, you'd have you would have Professor X and have to know where I'm at on Earth yeah, before, but also you, before you can like, kill me. If you're jumping here, 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 there's you know there's usually a pattern to humans, so you would just have to predict True. where they would. And be. if and if I'm restricted, if I have to see that place before I can jump there, that's a problem. That's true. But in Jumper, were they just able to go? Well, I guess not. No. You yeah. can do a picture. You can do a picture. Okay. That's the only thing that works, but First like even all, that's tricky because you can like fall the, off a building. It's just the fact that someone brought up jumper, like that's in. I don't that. Wow, that's a smack in the face <laughs> of like nostalgia because I remember when that movie came. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I'm, so, I'm upset that they didn't make a part two. They should have. I mean, Samuel Jackson with white hair. Yeah, exactly, and like him coming out of the Grand Canyon. But, the uh, mom probably trying to follow him. All right, despite okay, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to this movie though. But like, you know, I guess okay, we'll call it a draw for right now. But I do, th- I do think telekinesis is. You're right. That lyrics thing. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's gonna suck if I if I can't get away from you. But that's that's just how that's, that's <sighs> mm, that proves to how 
creative and probably smart John is because like you said larynx my thought was like I could just grab his leg <laughs> just crush his leg and then he he said, you know what what are you gonna do you're gonna have a broken leg <laughs> he's like yeah crush his larynx he won't be either if he I was thinking y'all just gonna explain explode my brain or something right. like, I'm Damn. like nah I'm going for the legs <laughs> I got telekinesis <laughs> I got your feet motherfucker <laughs> tickle tickle <laughs> and I figure if we're gonna have a battle to the death that should hurt while you die, you know? Yeah, like, oh, it, it, and then, yeah, that's straight to the point, too. I'm too dramatic. <laughs> I would I would take too much time and be like, look at me. <laughs> I, need you, I need you to kneel before me. I need you to acknowledge me before you go. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, telekinesis. I, I do have a fascination with telekinesis. I mean, again, we'll talk about X Men next month, but that's a big part. But th- this movie just kind of like, I don't want to say like it. It feels very toxic. Toxic now to say like this movie was my personality for a while, but it was. It was definitely my my personality, and I really was really interested in it. Um, with that being said, the movie starts off with a blast from the past. We got a 20th Century Fox Studios opening, which is a classic opening we'll be seeing for the next couple of weeks. But like the fact that that popped up and I immediately got sad. And it's not like Fox was a good studio. It's just the fact that I hated the fact that Disney keeps buying everything. And so now when you watch old movies, likely, you know, there's an 85% chance Disney owns it now. (laughs) And I just, I just made me really sad before I got into the movie. And then we get really sad because we see Andrew get beat by his dad or almost get beat by his dad at the beginning of the year. But, um, I do like, we get Andrew played by a young Dane DeHaan who I want to say this is like his first big movie. I know I think he's more of a, he was more of a stage actor before this. But um really again going to the whole ahead of its time type of thing. 2012, 2011, 2011, 2012, 2013 was a huge shift in the pop culture in the in the generation. 2011, 2010, 2011 was definitely the end of that whole uh era of I think about it in horror terms, but overall, it was the end of like the CW era where, you know, low rise short shorts and very dirty and sweaty tan type of club outfits and, you know, very baggy clothes were kind of leaving the scene for a while. I guess we were what were we in a recession or coming out of a recession? I don't remember. Obama's in, in office at this point. So things are happening. Maybe things are good. You yeah. know, life is life is okay. We're partying. Justin Bieber's becoming a thing, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of the end, and then we're kind of shifting into what I like to call the the snapback and tattoos era. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> Where everything's really bright and colorful, but we're talking about banging each other and, you know, selling drugs and vaping. And so this is definitely in the in-between-ish here. I do love the fact that you mentioned john how this movie the teenagers felt like teenagers because yeah they did they they really did i do love the fact that the chemistry everyone has in this movie specifically with our our main three they they sound like real people which is something you didn't really get a lot of i mean again paranormal activity 4 came out the same year and if you watch that movie let's just say the the humans aren't the best part of it because they don't sound real but the ghost did and the ghost killed everyone (laughs) Oh man, but uh, how do we feel about the introduction to Andrew here and just getting, how do we feel about Andrew as a character in general? Let's just start off hot and heavy with this guy, because this man, therapy could have went a long way for this kid, but also, if Arkham Asylum was a real thing, this kid would be the first thing i throw in there. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> you think that would help? Probably not. <laughs> no, you're right. He need like Blackgate or something. And even Blackgate wouldn't probably hold this kid because Lex Luthor breaks out of Blackgate every what week or so. And oh man, man, easily. <laughs> but uh, let's start with JJ here. How'd you feel about Andrew as a character in this movie? So this is the one who went rogue, right? Yeah, yeah, Andrew. The yeah, pretty much the main yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly. Kind of connected with them because you know I do like you know photography and like videography, so it's like I kind of like you know understand his like dilemma when he wants to record and like wants to just like document everything. So that's kind of like me a little bit, and uh, sometimes people don't agree with it, and it's crazy. Like it's just not it's not that they're trying to be angry or something like that about it. It's just that they don't like themselves where they don't like to be recorded and they like their personal space and stuff like that, which is cool. And you're not even trying to get them in the video sometimes or whatever X, Y, Z is, but there's always complications and stuff like that. And I got where he was coming from, but character wise, I'd say he definitely had like a good motive. Like it wasn't like, I didn't see where like it was kind of like a Thanos type of deal where like I saw where he was coming from and I got his pain and I realized that like honestly it, it was okay for you to kind of go a little rogue but your friends were there though that's the only thing that like kind of got me like your friends were trying to help you your friends were trying to be there for you and you still kind of went rogue you know what I mean like like that one little mistake when Wishmacall was at the party kind of like tempted him off and it was just a misunderstanding and like not good communication. And that's what like killed me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, and that, and that, and, but that's what makes it so real. Cause like yeah. anything like that could happen in like modern day life or something like that. You know what I mean? One little mishap. And then if you have too much power, something can go wrong. Yeah. But also, Probably the worst blowjob ever from what I saw. <laughs> if you have that reaction to someone drunk or not, then you're just you're just not doing it. Right. You're just not good, bro. You're, you no, gotta, you mean, gotta take some responsibility, Miss Girl. Like, you like know, you're supposed to be top of the line. What are you doing? You can't blame this man because yo shit was weak. <laughs> I've always thought that too. I'm like, I don't. I see where he got angry, but also I feel like it was her. But then again, again, I sound toxic, so I'm probably cut that out. Um, no, but it was. It's needed to be said. <laughs> Nick was trash. Yo, Nick was trash, and I couldn't do anything else, bro. Um, John, Andrew, what's your thoughts, dude? Dude, yeah, no big incel energy. I mean, like, you know, being 13, 14 years old, that's a hard time in transition in life. And uh, him getting this power didn't really lend to his maturation. Honestly, you know what I mean? Homie sitting there reading about Apex Predators and is like, oh, yeah, bro, that's me. Literally, like homie was saying earlier, it's... I think I can't remember if it was Hunter or if it was JJ, but one of them was saying it that very much echoes the Andrew Tate alpha male. This is how I'm acting. And unfortunately, um, yeah, no, the society is rife with young men like that. Even now, he is undoubtedly an example of what we do have today and what would occur if people were to be able to access those sort of powers. It is unfortunate. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Oh wow, so wise, but also very, very correct, which is why I feel really bad for having so much empathy for Andrew. And because <laughs> I'm telling you, like, 
I was into this movie to the point where, like, I remember when I showed it to my parents, and this out this showed you how like obsessed I was. I used to go to Redbox every day, and so when this movie dropped, I rented this movie like three times and showed it to my parents, and had to try to explain the movie to them because they were like, "We don't get it," <laughs> and I'm like, "But he got he was he was abused," and they're like. We get that part, but also he should take some responsibility. I'm like, no, because no one understands. And then I, <laughs> and they're like, that doesn't make any sense. You sound stupid. <laughs> and so rewatching it for this podcast, I'm like, wow, I get it now that I'm an adult, but also I still feel bad. But also everything that I was thinking, or, or, that I remember thinking was, I'm glad that I grew up. Let's just say that. I'm, gra- I'm glad that, uh, especially... Cause, and then we'll go to Hunter here in a sec. But like, was anyone else uncomfortable, given the fact that like the same kind of behavior does kind of sadly still exist in the form of school shooters? Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Because <laughs> I felt I uncomfortable. Gonna, I I felt like as a like you said with something with too much power, and and it comes to like you said the too much power maybe being guns and the the easy access to it something can get misunderstood and misused and somebody else can get hurt in the process is something that is a similar sim has a similarity in this movie you know what i mean right right so i hear where you're coming from and i know that a lot of the time school shooters etc are portrayed as being these individuals who were sad bullied etc but to be quite frank with you, actual investigation into all of their lives, starting with the people who committed the atrocities of Columbine, none of these people were victims in any sense of the word. Sure, maybe a few here and there may have had some instances where they had altercations with people, but to determine that they deserve any sort of sympathy, any sort of empathy, any sort of understanding, they were not victims of anybody under any circumstances ever. They were simply awful people. This scenario that exists, I think that we do see somebody who does deserve empathy in this scenario. Does that excuse his actions? No. But um, I think that what you're referring to is probably the narrative of what we've been fed about school shooters as opposed to the... Uh, reality of school shooters for what they are and that's, i can believe that yeah that that's why i love having you on here because <laughs> you said me straight because i'm like okay thank god oh god <laughs> yeah honestly i didn't want to bring it up because like I, it seemed like a good like like similarity to bring up but at the same time like that's a tough subject as much as and there's especially yeah um I want to I want to give Hunter a chance to give his thoughts on Andrew, but uh, there is another thing that has popped up recently that I've seen, meaning I saw a couple YouTube videos as I was researching this movie. But within the past like three years, people who have reevaluated this movie has given uh, this movie specifically Andrew a much different diagnosis, um, which I will go into. But first, and, uh, Andrew, first, uh, Hunter, what's your thoughts on the main character? I guess he's both protagonist and antagonist. But uh, how do you feel about Andrew in this movie? Um, why does Jonathan Byers from Stranger Things look like Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> you leave 
them alone. Like look, Andrew records everything. Jonathan takes pictures of everything. I'm just saying <laughs> there may have been influences. <laughs> I will say the biggest difference is that Dane Nahan looks like a sickly young, a young sickly Leonardo DiCaprio, and then Jonathan Byers, the, that actor, just looks like a young sickly looking Dane Nahan. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay, yeah. Anyway, go go for it, bro. What's your thoughts? Um, I don't know, man. I I uh, I remember getting bullied pretty bad in um in like elementary school and junior high like all through that part of my life. But it was also, it was my environment back home that got me through that shit. Like sure. My dad is a, like a hard ass, but like I never got bullied here. I knew home was always safe, but he, Andrew, Andrew didn't have that at all. It was like home wasn't safe. School wasn't safe. Nowhere safe for this kid. It just it it just kind of sucks, you know. I I think I think that little part right there is where a lot of people tend to relate. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's the becoming the apex predator, wanting to fucking like throw people around part that I I guess most people uh you know they relate to the first part. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But I, overall, man. But again, talk about predicting the future. It's just, it's kind of cycles over and over. Because if he had like a better environment, maybe some better friends, um, or even got help or something, you know, just like that, that stuff kind of changes you. I don't know, it's a completely different course until it becomes worse. You know what I mean? But Andrews, uh, they did it. They did it pretty well. I mean, his his actor, I think, portrayed him really well. Did a really good job of making him feel like a sympathetic, I guess, like a sympathetic psychopath in a way. Where <laughs> at first you're like, I'm rooting for him, and then you're like, oh, he scares me, <laughs> and that's there's like no in between. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad that I'm, I'm actually surprised you brought that up because uh, this is where I wish we had like Zarya on the podcast because. We get into these kind of debates or these little this little game where it was like, all right, is it a psychopath or a sociopath? And by definition, I think Andrew fits more into the sociopathic because psychopaths are smarter. Andrew decided to put on a fireman costume and rob a, a gas station and then throw a got <laughs> throw a shotgun. And that inadvertently caused an explosion. So Andrew's not the smartest of these guys, but I see where you're going there. But I do like that. I, again, that's I, I could be wrong. He could be a psychopath. But I think more sociopathic people are based on their environment. And his environment, you, you can definitely see why. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I also know, though, that sociopaths, like, they lack empathy and emotion. But he he lacked empathy. But he didn't like emotion, so I think I think he is more of a sociopath. I think you're definitely right on that one. Yeah, this dude is this, overflowing emotion. Yeah, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> I mean, crying was the biggest one. Yeah, which brings me to the point I was making earlier that I hinted at earlier. The point I hinted at earlier is the fact that what I discovered is that some people kind of diagnose or 
read, I should say, read Andrew as autistic or that this movie is about autism for all three of the characters. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Just solely based on the fact that a big theme in this movie is socialism and not in the traditional sense but that I, I'm probably using that word wrong. But in the fact that like all three of these guys have a really weird, not weird, have a different way of socializing. So Andrew is very cut off until he gets the camera and then he opens up when he hangs out with Matt and them. But he is he, he does show signs of ter- of traditional uh, what what could be read as like autistic behavior of not really socializing, not really verbalizing, and really high anxiety. And then you get someone like Matt, who is kind of sort of in the middle, where he's kind of got this attitude toward to him, but he can't. He doesn't realize what he's doing. Is it's a sense that you kind of what I was kind of getting rewatching it, and then. You got someone like Steve, who's very much outgoing, who's very much kind of overly, kind of a little bit too intrusive, especially when it came to uh, Matt and Andrew, which we, we can talk about their friendship here. But do you guys read any themes of autism in this movie? I don't think I know enough about autism to uh, have input on this one, to be real with you. All right, that's okay. I mean, I don't know. I think he was put in blocks one time, and it kind of got me to like think of that but like at the same time like there's nothing i don't know i don't i don't see it you know directly and it wasn't kind of like you know jumping out at you in the screen yeah like kind of like going for that idea but i mean maybe kind of like hints but nothing like anything crazy honestly i haven't had i haven't had a whole lot of interaction in my life with somebody that has autism so i'm not i'm not sure honestly all right, it's okay. I like I said, I saw it on like some post and some YouTube videos. It's more of a recent, like literally, like within the past couple of years that people are making this reading. Uh, rewatching it with that knowledge, like I said, I see hints of it with the fact that there's a theme about uh, these characters socializing with other people. Um, that's kind of the only in I can kind of see with it. Um, I do think Andrew is a much more psychological type of thing. I, I do think it relates more back to how Carrie was presented in that story and the fact that just there is no it's a tragedy. There was no way it was going to end well for this person. And I feel the same way about Andrew, no matter what happened, whether he got the powers or not, it was never going to end well for this guy in any sense of the word. And the fact that when he did get these powers, he did drag people with him, which brings us to our next character. So. Uh, there's only three good it's probably gonna be the shortest part of the podcast there's only three characters so we don't have a lot to go through (laughs) um next character i want to talk about is matt matt played by alex russell who has such a familiar face and yet i don't know if he's been in anything else (laughs) um i think this is the same guy i mentioned carrie i do think he played billy in the remake of carrie which came out the year after this which is hilarious in my in my opinion because if you know that movie, Ansel Elgort is also in that movie playing Tommy. And both of these actors would go on to be in Divergent. <laughs> and uh, movies I hate with this passion just because they bore me. But no offense to anyone who's a fan of I- Divergent out there if you're still around. Me? Oh, seriously? Oh, I mean, I think I remember like, you being into Not it. like a terribly like crazy into it, but I mean, I was in bad at this series i wasn't mad at i liked i think the world should be more like the factions but not like leave your family type 
<laughs> oh wow. Yeah, you know I mean, like I'm a like you know what I mean. I feel like that curriculum and like that like would better help our society. But just you don't have to leave your family. You should accept whoever, whatever fashion they go to. Yeah, uh, me and me and Xander had this conversation when we talked about uh, Ghost in the Shell and the fact that like just me personally, I'm not a fan of like those kind of like future dystopias, Hunger, Hunger Games, Divergent even like Mad Max style I prefer something much closer to like Blade Runner or like even Star Wars Attack of the Clones kind of sort of like that kind of and I don't even think that's like a dystopia but like that type of like futuristic but still kind of it's it's our world but just updated rather than like oh our entire world is obliterated (laughs) if that makes sense uh, but anyway, back to Matt. How we feel about Matt? Let's start. Let's go. What's about uh, fuck? Let's start with uh, John. John, how do you feel about Matt in this movie? I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the person that made the most impact on me was Andrew. So I'm gonna have to refresh my memory real quick on which one that was. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. The guy's bland as hell. But no, uh, Matt is oh, yeah. Andrew's it's, cousin. It's, yeah, yeah. No, I, I see his face. I, I know who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. On, honestly, I mean, like, I get where he's coming from throughout the entire time. He's worried about Andrew, but like, uh, I don't know. He gets on my nerves. He certainly does. He gets a lot of. <laughs> he kind of just spends the entire movie just quoting philosophy. Um, which some of it's relevant to the theme of the movie and some of it is just like bullshit. Yeah. uh, He seems like he read like two books and this is his entire personality, which is accurate. Like I say, for a teenager, you know what I mean? But it's irritating. Yeah. I wrote in my notes, Matt is that guy with the scarf at the party. Like (laughs) literally bro. I'm surprised he didn't start playing Wonderwolf. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He probably did at the end of the movie. It made me cringe whenever he was talking to that uh, that girl he had a crush on. <laughs> yeah. And then he just, like, immediately after hooking her, he then just started acting like a total douchebag, like, pretentious as hell. And you're like, all right, man. <laughs> that fucking hurt. That made me cringe. But besides that, I don't remember much about him because he was super boring. Um, I know that... He um he definitely didn't like Andrew before even with them being cousins. He just kind of hung out with them because Andrew Yeah. Yeah, family and he was kind of expected of him. And then once um once they got they did that whole trip out in the woods and got their powers and everything and started hanging out with the uh the the cool kid Steve. Is that his name? Steve? Steve, Steve Montgomery. Steve, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, once Steve wanted to start hanging out with them, that's when Matt wanted to be around more and be, like, Andrew's best friend. So, definitely a teenager thing to do. <laughs> yes, like I said, that that guy with the scarf at the party. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, JJ, any thoughts on Matt in this movie? Um... I feel like they chose a good, you know, family relative, you know, other than a brother. You know what I mean? Because if I feel like it was a brother, it'd be more obligation to hang out with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like being being a cousin, he it showed him like it he was just doing it out of the kindness of his heart, and that's kind of where you find it like more empathy from him. You know what I mean? 
like I said, he wasn't in there just for just because like he was kind of to, you know kind of told to, but like he kind of just wanted to just to, just because he cared. He was that caring kind of like semi cool kid, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't totally popular, but he was at least you know not like as much as Andrew, not well known. Uh, overall, kind of upset that he didn't die instead of the other guy. I think that I think that would have been like a more dramatic. Like you killed your cousin, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't believe you went this far. Ooh, so yeah. the, and you know what I mean? Like, but I'm glad that like, and it was kind of more like, but the way they tied it, where like it was kind of harder for him to stop him, which was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. But overall, he was a good character. Don't really hate him, you know. But he was not that. I like I'm a fan of Michael B. Jordan, so Yeah. <laughs> like I said, Matt Matt is the guy with the scarf at the party. I think I understand what they were trying to do with this character. He's very much supposed to be like the secret protagonist. He he acts like he doesn't care. He even he skips first period to smoke weed in his car, because you know, you can do that at school in twenty twelve. And, you know, he has this whole care I don't care about attitude that they kinda try to dissect with this girlfriend Casey who Probably the only time we're ever going to bring her up because she does nothing in this entire movie. <laughs> and she's literally hanging off a building and then, like, gets saved and then we never see her again. Meanwhile, the entire, like, city is in, dis- like, dis- disarray. So she- I do think the-, the script kind of failed in that part of just leaving I mean, this female character out. <laughs> what was she going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. More like, what she was going to do. <laughs> Well, they kind of said they said the fact that it's going to be even more scared. (laughs) Hanging off another ledge. I just we should just (laughs) okay. (laughs) I think they probably should just gave her one last scene of her like writing a blog or something about everything that she experienced. Maybe just to kind of like put a cap on her character. But like I said, she gets saved and we never see her again. But you're right, you're right. She's- I mean, I get what you mean. Like there was a story untied, but like <laughs> she what she was gonna tell them. I didn't mean this in the nicest way. She felt entirely irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Like she she did her purpose of damsel in distress. That was her. That was her key point. No, I mean, if we want to make the argument that there was a lack of representation, maybe we should have had some female leads. I'll take you up on that one. I'll totally back you all day on that. But I mean, as for like the way they wrote her, what else was she going to do? (laughs) There was nothing. I had no interest in what was going on with her. Same here. They could have written her better. I'll give you that. Definitely, definitely. You know, just just thinking like, what could they ever do? I don't know, get kidnapped again? I don't know. (laughs) But uh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So we're talking about we're, let's shift over to Steve because like I said, Casey does nothing. Matt to me is okay. He's fine. He's your secret antagonist or and, nah, secret protagonist. Uh, I do like the fact that he does spout out um, philosophy, but it just it doesn't really do much but give exposition to both of these characters. I mean, it kind of gives foreshadows Andrew and Matt's like single story uh, arc, which is that. At some point in the movie, they both share this passion for a specific philosophy. For Matt, it's, you know, pretending to not be cool to be cool and then be better than everyone else, which is paralleling the fact that Andrew ends up diving into this whole 
Apex Predator plot, which I thought was mind-blowing back when I first saw this movie. And then rewatching it as an adult, now I'm like, wow, he just wants to be a lion? <laughs> like, has he not heard of drones? But I guess in 2012, we wouldn't have known about them just yet. But, I mean, like... <laughs> Or even what the the giant space gun thing that oh wait no y'all said that wasn't real but I'm still kind of unsure though the giant space laser from Akira <laughs> oh orbital cannons are absolutely all right well I mean they're not like officially real now as to whether it come, uh, I mean there are there are like satellites that have uh, all right look <laughs> not that <laughs> things exist but not exactly that now. You're going to have to remind me what you were saying just before that because there was something I was going to say about it, but I lost it. Just, oh, okay. Now, you said drones, drones. We absolutely had drones then because okay. Obama did more drone strikes than any other president ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, also, but did, we knew about them in 2012. Like, that that all came out by, by then? Yeah, absolutely. But then, um, more importantly, the thing that's got me dying is you're over here saying that he wants to be a lion. And the only thing I can think about is, have you seen Step Brothers? Yes. <laughs> you remember where he's talking about how he wants to be a velociraptor? <laughs> he just wants to be a lion, man. Oh, wow. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly his story here. <laughs> it's the same thing. Oh, man. So yeah. So what uh, you're telling me is I should support him because he's following his dream. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Even if the entire city of Seattle has to go down. <laughs> I never liked Seattle much anyway. Oh, man. Also, I mean, yeah, this movie's got a <laughs> lot of secret kind of things going on in it. Like I said, we're going to move on. But uh, the whole, like, Space Needle thing becomes an important monument for uh, Andrew throughout the movie. He builds it in a, as a Lego set, and they visit it a few times. And then the final battle, or the final battle starts at the Space Needle which uh, there's also a, a theme about heights in this one. I'm not a big fan of heights, but Andrew seems to always want to be somewhere high up, if that makes sense. Like, he's sitting on top of the buildings. He's he, he's the quickest to learn how to fly, uh, aside from Steve. He, uh, uh, he wants to go to Tibet, which is very, very high. So there is that thing folding in on itself. But anyway, let's talk about Michael B. Jordan. Steve, the best actor in this movie. <laughs> um... Man, I forgot the rotation. Shit. Uh, but anyway, let's just go. Let's start with JJ here. What? How'd you feel about Steve in this movie? Man, was he hot? <laughs> 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 but nah. Uh, man, overall, kind of tied the movie together a little bit. Um, didn't think that they were gonna, you know, throw him in there out of all people. But glad they did. You know what I mean? He he does play that wholesome guy very well. You know what I mean? Like as much as he was popular and, you know, it makes sense that like why he's popular, but he also like can play that down to earth character as much as like you want him to. And, uh, overall good friend, uh, definitely really like spoke truth during like what he did. They didn't, they gave him good lines and try to make him, but of course, you know, black so he had to die and uh rest in peace it was tragic but you know it happens to the best of them i don't even think it was even that like it was meant to happen you know what i mean like i think that they it was kind of like it low-key was unexpected death for me like i was like oh they're not gonna really kill somebody off unless like 
they got in a huge like you know brawl at the end like how they did i thought like they, they were both going to stop them or something like that but um definitely did put like you know a dramatic effect on the movie which was cool definitely like that it helped the plot um overall like him as a character though you know did really great you know he's great in whatever he does kind of hard not to like the man yeah i've always imagined what the final battle would be if it was all three of them but you know you know what i mean like him against two people that would have been cool yeah honestly i think steve would have bodied both of them <laughs> yeah right like steve would have died and then it would have been like what's call it against him and he would have to avenge steve <laughs> all right uh hunter how did you feel about steve in this movie oh that is pretty cool um he definitely played a really good, like, young, popular kid. He, like, played sports and all that shit. Um, and it made me realize that this whole movie is partly a teen drama. Like a like a tween drama or something like that. Where you're like, oh, oh my gosh. There's a lot more than just the, super, the superpower plot. <laughs> and he, he, he helps that, that sink in pretty well. Plus, he's... I mean, he's got a lot more charisma and a lot more energy than the other two. <laughs> yeah. 100%. To be fair, one of the other two is being beaten, but... <laughs> uh, okay, you know what I mean. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke, I joke. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> You're right there. He has a lot more energy than uh, he's just a good actor. Like Marco B. George is really good. Uh, John, how'd you feel about uh, Steve? I agree with all of the statements said thus far. I think Michael B. Jordan played the actor great. I think that Steve was written as a very charismatic character. He was definitely very well written. I think that if Matt is our secret protagonist and Andrew's our antagonist, that would make Steve our character foil 100%. Um, every part of Steve's involvement is required for the plot to move forward throughout the entirety of it. I mean, from his introduction to his death, I mean, just as a character, he was very enjoyable to be around. And his death was honestly the only part of the movie that made me feel any, uh, real sympathy. I mean, a lot of the other stuff, I mean, don't get me wrong. It it was sad, you know what I mean? But like, I don't know. You're right. You're right. Yeah, definitely. And man, Steve, I would. I did write in my notes there when we got to Steve's funeral. I'm like, there's a whole lot of like white people at this black boy's funeral. I know it's 2012, but even then, I'm like, this is like a blindside situation. Was he adopted? You know, or was the the entire school just really like this kid? (laughs) And knowing that this movie takes place in what Washington? Like, this is Washington State. Is that where the Space Needle is, Washington? I don't know jail. Yeah, yeah, Washington, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, iCarly is just down the street, essentially. So, uh, well, I don't know what the demographic of the area is, but I mean that could play a larger role. I mean, realistically, like Walter, if I had died in middle school, there would have been like two to three other, like, other Caucasian kids that were at the funeral. Yeah, definitely. You'd be, you'd be the entirety of our middle school would be just like black and Hispanics, and we would just be like, no. Bro, I mean, I was the only white kid on the soccer team. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and the only other white kid that I knew was a diabetic, so he couldn't do much. <laughs> Rob Tyler, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, okay, yeah. Aside from that, Steve Steve is great. Hate the Steve die, but you're right. He Everything he does moves the plot forward even for me like the best part of the movie aside from the end battle is when they learn how to fly and i love that steve figures it out first and i love the fact that matt just can't do it (laughs) he's just having the (laughs) toughest time and then you know andrew gets it right away but it's really steve that becomes like this superman and then we get the whole save i do love that the fact that they play like football in the clouds like that that was funny. And then the airplane comes out of nowhere, which I didn't know airplanes flew diagonally, but maybe it was taking off. But where were they? So many questions, um, but not enough time to answer them all. And then, yeah, Steve's death. Uh, very, very shocking moment. I remember like being like in the theater and be like, no, <laughs> I, I reacted pretty uh verbally in the theater when it when it happened <laughs> i should say not the best experience for other people around me but being that kid i was i was like ah oh, come on really uh i did i rewatching it for this podcast i was like ah, i guess it was an accident but does that mean like andrew can redirect lightning or draw lightning which that's yeah that's what i was about to say i think I think his death legitimately was an accident because how would Andrew have known that he could control lightning? Exactly. And if, if you, I was trying to save this. Well, I mean, technically we're at the end of the podcast here, so I guess I'll bring it up now because I do want to ask you guys what your, what were some parts of the movie that jumped out to you? Like, what were some of your favorite parts? Like I said, mine was definitely the the end battle. I like the scene where they they meet the rock thing, which is what I want to go into into next. And then I do love the the when they learn how to fly. Like those are my top three scenes for the movie here. Um, but yeah, elect turns out electra uh, electricity and magnets play a lot more into how their powers work. Um, uh, do you do you guys want me to kind of like explain that first, or do you want to give your your you know your fave moments of the movie first? What do y'all want to do? Because after this, we're going to end. You can go ahead and uh, explain. Yeah. Do what? Okay. okay. So uh, what I found out recently as I was researching this movie, because for the longest time, it was a mystery. Like we were, we didn't know. So basically setting it up here for people listening and uh, Matt and Steve and a bunch of other students find this hole in the ground and so everybody else leaves the party, and uh, I guess Matt basically tells Steve that, hey, my cousin has a camera. We need to go see what this thing is and get this on tape. Steve finds Andrew. They all go to this little hole in the ground, or not even a whole little hole. It's a big hole in the ground, about the size of uh, what Cell burrowed into when he decided to stay in a timeline that fucked everything up. And it's basically they go into the hole, and they find this giant blue glowing veiny rock formation thing it kind of does look like the spaceship from like an old spaceship from uh, superman returns if you remember how that movie opens with the crystal spaceship but also it kind of also has some resemblance to some stuff going on in, in akira not as fleshy but the the rock formations i i kind of got akira off of it uh but they find that thing and so that 
gives them its their powers. So Max Landis did this a couple of years ago, a few years ago, but he basically explained what his version of this was. And Josh Trank also, the reason he didn't want a sequel is because he wanted to keep it a mystery and this was kind of his movie and Max Landis was just the writer. But Max Landis, according to Max Landis, this whole thing that they find underground, it's not an alien. It's not a government type of thing. It is an ancient, uh, archaean is the word he used, organism that is akin to a rock crystal formation, kind of like an avatar, how they can manipulate the crystals. But apparently these things exist, and they were on Earth, but as the Earth's crust kind of molded and turned into what we know it to be, they burrowed underground closer to the Earth's surface, I mean Earth's crust, and every they, every couple of years or whatever their feeding period is, they would move up to Earth to feed. In order to feed, they would have to burrow and then release a sound signal Mostly under well, underground, under the, the sea floor, where they could grab fish real quick. And then, basically, they imbue it with ability. And then, through the certain feeding period, they absorb it. And then, they go back into hibernation, I guess. Um, basically, what happens, again, according to Max Landis, is that this, our, this thing was old. It was sick. But it burrowed up to the surface. And it ended up catching the signal of of matt and steve who then bring in andrew and so they go down and this thing just basically begins to feed off of them but it something happens that we don't know of and it dies and so basically what it was supposed to do was that if it would imbue them with what we would know as telekinesis but essentially it's electromagnetic waves and so with those electromagnetic waves, they would essentially become possessed and become kind of like drones. And they would just use it. Would just, basically, it would just feed off of their entire life force and energy. But because it died during the transfer, it just left them with uh, telekinesis. And that's how we get the movie we have. Uh, first off, before I go any further, what how do you guys feel about that? According to whatever you were, you pre assigned this thing to be part of the story. Um, I think that powers-wise, that makes sense. Earth's gravity is entirely just electromagnetic field. That explains why they can fly. That explains why they can move stuff. That explains why they can mess with technology. All of that lines up absolutely 100%. Um, as for the organism itself, uh, honestly, I think I would need a little bit more um, content to uh, enjoy that lore, but I got nothing against it, you know? Yeah. What about you, uh, JJ? What do you feel about that whole spiel? Honestly, that's kind of crazy. I didn't know it. I didn't like know the full like research behind all, all of it. But it does it does kind of like make sense. Like it definitely wanted to know a little bit more about the organism itself, honestly though. Cuz like it was kind of like you know, Spider-Man getting the goop, the alien goop, and I thought like he was just, you know, <laughs> getting powers from an alien or something just because like we didn't even know you know what i mean but it was cool that like it kind of like how that connects though yeah yeah that that was often like the default theory was that it's an alien that crashed earth or maybe even like came a meteor up. yeah and it just you know it decided to just green lantern it shit off to these kids and they they, they just misused the power <laughs> yeah right like i'm glad it didn't have like an ulterior motive where like it went crazy you know what i mean like where it 
made it more about the organism than the kids. Uh, Hunter, how do you feel about the whole explanation there? Lore of any kind, most of the time, I like. Uh, if people put like effort into it like that. Giant crystal creatures that are under the Earth's crust, that's a, that's a lot more wild than just a couple kids that got superpowers. <laughs> right? You know, we... <laughs> that is way more fucking wild. Oh my god. That's yeah. That's it for me. Like I lore, I can take or leave. Honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of lore. I like when things are just more. Uh, I like when you can interpret it more. I like when things are much more ambiguous or metaphorical. So I've often I did subscribe to the whole notion of like it's probably an alien that they found, but it could be something else. And I I do like the explanation though. I, underground ancient rock crystal organisms like that's insane and i think you know i think hollow earth theory is incredible like i don't really believe it but like i think it's great because i'm a huge fan of what they did with godzilla and i like i like that that was an explanation for that so you're telling me like there's crystal godzilla like little mini crystal godzilla's giving people superpowers sign me up like i'll take the notes bleed sign me (laughs) Um, aside from the whole eating me part, like that, because essentially, the, if it did live, it would essentially have like absorbed these guys and they would just drop dead. But for the limited time, they would have their superpowers. But I guess either way, they they all still, well, aside from Matt, they all still died. <laughs> so it wasn't working out for anybody <laughs> either way. Um, but yeah, that's there's that. Um, I I like it. I like it. I I think I I will take the movie itself honestly. And again, drawing back to the anime style. I would prefer it to be much more akin to Akira in a sense that it is just this being, um, you know, uh, well, remind me, John, Akira is like a God, but it's a, it's an energy force, right? Energy essentially. Yeah. It's the energy that's like, you know, just the energy that like exists within being conscious. Yeah. I would prefer that. Um, just in the form of a giant crystal that gives off superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Final thing, and then we'll go to recommends and end for the night. Just favorite moment from this movie. Favorite moment or moments. Let's start with you, John. I'm gonna give you a good, a bad, and a funny. <laughs> um, right. Sounds good. I would say the best, like, good feeling moment was probably when they were screwing around. Um, people in the supermarket just doing psychic pranks that shit was hilarious um very goofy very good time uh one of the scenes that really gave me kind of like the worst pits in my stomach were definitely when he was uh robbing those dudes out at the park and then um robbing the gas station and then just like blows dude up you know what i mean i was like oh shit all right yeah no there really is just no all right yeah no this is where it's headed where got it um, and then I would say the funniest moment throughout all of the movie is that I am an apex predator. <laughs> that shit just keeps me. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's, that's a great fucking, it's a great scene. <laughs> Man, I would be lying if I said that wasn't like my Twitter handle for a while, like in my bio. <laughs> it was like for a few months though, so it wasn't that bad. Eventually, I found something else to obsess over. Um, all right. right. <laughs> uh, JJ, favorite moment or moments of the movie? 
released. You kind of said one of my favorite moments. This is definitely when they were playing the football in the sky and the plane came. That was pretty well. Like it just showed how real and kind of like irresponsible they were trying to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like regular teenagers. Like you wouldn't think that a plane would, you know, just come out of nowhere. You're just like, I I can fucking fly. I'm going to go anywhere the fuck I want. Right. Um, definitely the fight scene the fight scene was really epic uh definitely didn't think it was going to get as big as it did but i'm glad it did um and yeah just a piggyback in that supermarket was pretty funny too when they were just like it kind of made it like more wholesome like when they were just doing jokes on people and stuff (laughs) like the parked car that was hilarious oh yeah it was the black guy this time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, I used to quote that a lot, too. <laughs> All right. Um, Hunter, favorite moment or moments, or at least, you know, just overall? Um, The, the scene where he's sitting there uh, talking about apex predators, and then he crushes a car behind him is so fucking funny. <laughs> This is so over the top edgy that I'm just like, there's no way. And you know, um, back then, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, right? I so did I when I was a kid. No, I I, find, I get it. I get it. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, honestly, one of my favorite scenes is the very very end scene when he's at uh, what was it? Oh. What, what, where did he want to go? Tibet. Tibet, yeah. And he uh, he angles the camera, and um, he talks about going and finding out what happened to them, like going and seeking information. And I'm like, that's a, that's like, that's a good way to not guarantee a sequel, but also tease a sequel at the same time. Yeah. Because that would be kind of a cool sequel. He's still, like, running around the world with superpowers, and then, you know, stumbles upon the fact that they're crystal creatures. <laughs> or or he gets a tan and becomes Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, a great fucking movie, by the way. I love Hancock. Just connected some dots here. Yeah. <laughs> Although, man, side note, the, Han- the lore in Hancock confused the shit out of me. But that's a that's an episode for a different day. But... All right, anything else? No, I, I mean, besides that, I, I just thought the movie was pretty good. All right, yeah. Like I said, I gave mine earlier, but just to rehash, I do love them learning how to fly, and I do like that reveal. I also love the end battle. The end battle, I wish it was a little longer, because I thought it was pretty good. You know, anytime you give me characters crashing through buildings and smacking each other around with objects, I'm good. Like, that's... Reason why I kind of really like the end of X Men Dark Phoenix a lot, the the recent one that came out, because there's a lot of that happening on a train, and I'm like, that's just that's that there redeemed the entire movie for me. Um, I just you know Man of Steel has grown on me as, as over the years. I think it's actually aged a lot better. Although I did listen to a podcast once and call <laughs> they called the end of Man of Steel like a hundred or no, they called it ten nine eleven is happening all at once, and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I do love everything with the end, especially when it comes down to uh, Matt having to just spear Andrew through the the abdomen with a giant statue. 
Um, just some mini moments, though. Uh, I do like when Andrew rips out that guy's teeth and then is in the bathroom talking about, so I roped this one out, and then I got these kind of clean, but I didn't get this one clean. Um, let's see. Oh, when um during the final battle, Matt Matt's trying to calm Andrew down, and then Andrew just throws the bus at him. Like that there is just pure anime. Like that that right there. Um, and then yeah, every yeah, other than that, just, just great movie still. So um, like you know, we're ending the podcast here. So like you know, uh, like uh, like always, do you recommend Chronicle, John? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yay! First time watching, you're recommending it. All right, uh, JJ. Bro, go watch it. All right, and Hunter. Uh, definitely watch it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yes, and that's a recommend for me as well. Just because you get this movie, I think, despite anything else, it's a great subversion on superheroes. But I also think it's a nice little read into you know the whole point of this episode. Just, I think it's a nice read on anime influences. They're all throughout this movie, even down to like the drunk dad. <laughs> the, the drunk dad's kind of a, a cliche in every country, but it reminded me a lot of just certain uh, anime characters. Um, but yeah, this movie is. I think it holds up still. There are still some is there's some things that are a little bit too still too relevant to, to this day but other than that it's fine it, it's great if you can get past the whole found footage thing it's it's good but it's just i think it's chock full of really good moments you know we named some here the the thugs on the street the thugs the thugs on the street are just some really great small moments um i wrote this down in my notes here but like i love the fact that andrew pulls a green goblin when he lifts his when he comes out of the hospital and he's like holding his dad up and then he drops him. <laughs> just, just nice foreshadowing for the fact that he will drop uh, Emma Stone from a tower and traumatize an, another generation of children. <laughs> uh, if anyone got that joke, you're 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 a real one. Um, other than that, <laughs> you guys didn't watch Amazing Spider-Man two? No, no one. Yeah, when he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it for tonight. That's it for this episode. Thank you all for joining me. This is a nice little group of guys to have on here. Hunter, John, and John, or JJ. <laughs> Just a nice little group here. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, it's been a nice little conversation, nice little movie to talk about. Um, thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, we're kind of ending the anime stuff here for right now. Don't worry. There will be more in the future this season, actually. Um, we'll be back. We will be back. But um, as we end the podcast here and move into May and June, we have a lot more coming up. We are diving full and full on into the X Men for the later half, the latter half of May and beginning of June, and then after that, June and July, we still have True Crime July happening in July. But June, we <laughs> we're finally going to talk about vampires, something we've been trying to do for a while. But I got a great line of a great lineup of vampire movies we will be talking about. And then we got some little mini stuff in there. Avatar Last Airbender, Jennifer's Body. So some good stuff coming to the podcast here. But for right now, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you again on the murder board. Dominate Predator. <laughs> yeah. Crush his car. <laughs>